So one of the things I will say, you know, in, in talking about money is I, I believe that one of the greatest gifts we can do is be vulnerable. I believe that, you know, when we are authentic, you know, this Facebook perfection is, um, is something we can all get caught up in. Um, I try to be very vulnerable. Um, it's probably why Monique is, one of the things that like we connected on, I try to be very vulnerable in a positive way. You know, my life hasn't been perfect. Uh, none of ours has. I think that's the message. None of ours has. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I do believe is that we get to go through challenges um, in order to help each other in time or help others that are going through the same challenges. Welcome to the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur, where we, Becky and Monique, your new biz besties, both busy moms just like you. We're here to talk all things network marketing, mom life, and how to truly live out your calling. We'll be dropping two episodes each week to help you, the busy mompreneur, know the exact strategies to build both your business and your home. You'll hear each week from one of the top network marketers on their best tips for what's led to their success and what's working now. We know that you're here because you are called to something more. You have a desire to succeed in both your business and at home, and we are going to teach you how. If you love what you hear here on the podcast and want to be one of our success stories, join us inside our community, The Kingdom Minded Mompreneur, where we provide a daily social media action plan additional resources, kingdom coaching, and more. Click the show notes for the link to join. So let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur. We have another top leader that we are bringing to you guys today. She was formerly Christy Goodman. But as of a month ago, she is Christy Goodman Trujillo. Hello, Christy. Hello. It's a mouthful. I know. I was like, I have to pronounce your last name correctly. And it has been so fun watching you um, as you were engaged and got married. And so we are excited. I want to share a little bit about you and then excited to really just hear from you and hear the wisdom that you have to share but Christy is a mom of two, so she has a 17 and 21-year-old, and she is also a bonus mom of three boys. We were laughing before the recording because I said, oh, I can, I can relate. I can tell you all the things that you're about to experience. And she has been an entrepreneur for 15 years. So she has been in fashion, PR with Neiman Marcus. She was in pharmaceutical sales for 13 years, and then she has been in direct sales for 15 years. So she is a top leader with Park Lane. You have walked through so many wonderful things. You have walked through so many life challenges. So we're so excited that you are getting to speak to our audience today. Well, thank you so much for the invite. It is an absolute honor. Um, so I'm excited. Hopefully my story can, can help somebody. Well, speaking of your story, I know we were talking briefly before we hit record and I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. We need to save this for the recording. So I'm really excited for everyone 
to hear a little bit about your story. So would you share kind of a brief uh, couple minutes overview of kind of how you got into direct sales? Tell us a little bit about your journey and what it has allowed you to do. Absolutely. So I got, like Monique said, I got into direct sales about 15 years ago by accident, probably like 99.9% of us. Um, I was in pharmaceutical sales, working full-time, two babies at the time. They were 18 and 18 months and four years old. Um, my husband at the time, we owned a business together. He uh, was an attorney. And so we had a mom and pop shop and I helped him run it. So on paper, insanely busy and really had no business um, starting a business. And honestly, if somebody had approached me and said that that was what I was doing, I probably wouldn't have done it. But it was like, let's try this fun thing with my sisters. So I've worked with my sisters for 15 years. And um, at the time, this was 2008, Hurricane Ike had hit Houston. My sister was an entrepreneur in Houston and it had really impacted her business. And one of her girlfriends had joined this industry and she had had my sister research it for her because she's a really, really, really good entrepreneur, really, really, really diligent and very, very intelligent. And so through researching it, my sister was like, huh, maybe this could be like a little extra thing. And so she reached out to me because I had always wanted to do something for myself as well. And I said, well, if you're going to do it, I'll do it. We'll look cuter. That was my business plan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. If somebody had said a business, I might not have felt the confidence that I had the time because that is the thing I encounter the most within um, talking to people within, um, you know, our profession that they're or entering the profession. Do I have the time? So long story short, joined the business within several months, started realizing what was capable. I mean, what was possible? Um, other people were doing amazing things. And I was like, oh, wait, this actually could be a career. Like I did my ignorance. I did not see it as that. I had seen a lot of friends throughout time whittle in and out. And I didn't realize that, okay, with real focus, this could be a profession. And so within time, um, I quit my full-time job so I could have more time. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I wanted to share with listeners is my sister who had been an entrepreneur for 10 years said, if you want to make this a career, keep your child care in place and continue to work it as a job as you were an employee. And so I took that to heart. We worked our budget, et cetera. And um, from then on, I have worked my business as a business. And I was with one company for 10 years. I was a top leader at that company. And then I got sought out by Park Lane Jewelry, decided to hear what they had to say. And um, long story short, have been there for, been here for almost six years. So. Wow. That is amazing. So Christy, one thing I love, love about what you just said is you said you came into it and you saw that this could be a profession. Mm -hmm. And I think so often what happens when people come into network marketing is whatever the identity that you take on is what it becomes. If you're like, Hey, this is my side hustle, then it becomes your side hustle. Exactly. But if you look at it and you're like, Hey, this is my profession. I am a professional network marketer. I'm a professional direct seller. And I love that you said, you know, have those things in place as if you were working your full-time job. So what do you feel like for the woman who 
struggles with that. Like, how do you make that, that mindset shift of starting to view it as a profession? Well, I think, I, I think that, um, one of the things that was key to me is I had to look at who I admire and the, the people that I began to admire within this business were doing that. And I'm, let me, let me just kind of give a little bit of a story. And I hope this does not offend anybody, but prior to the, 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 me being in the business, I saw a lot of, keep in mind, I was 35 at the time. Okay. I'm now 51. Um, I saw a lot of young moms wanting to make a little extra money here and there. And that is the beauty of this business. You can start one week and you can have a paycheck the next week. Okay. But to me, I, if I was going to do this as a profession, I wanted to be looked at professionally. I wanted to be viewed as somebody that followed through with what she did. That wasn't just like a little here, a little there, maybe didn't return an email, maybe didn't return it back then. We didn't have text messages, shows the dates me. Um, but so I really wanted to be viewed as a professional because the ones I looked at were professional. They weren't um, just a little, they weren't, oh, what's the word? I'm not irresponsible, but like um, not um, reliable. And so for me, it was a brain, it was like a mindset shift. If I want to be looked at as a reliable person, as a professional woman, then I have to treat this as a professional. And so it, it really is a mind game. It was a total mind game to myself. Um, so hopefully that answers what you're, what you're asking. I think so. I, I love that perspective because I was used to tell people when I was in the field and even now when I'm coaching people, it's like, treat it like a real job and then it'll pay you like one. Right. And I would say though, some, for some people that's easier said than done. And I don't know your history with, um, what you walk through as far as support, right. You obviously were able to do it with your sister, but like, as far as like your significant other, like your ex-husband and just different stuff and like your family, like your parents or whatever. I know a lot of people are like, well, that sounds great in theory, right? Like I would love to treat this like a real job, but maybe their significant other is not supportive of that. Like how you mentioned keeping the childcare. I was the same way. Like I was like, okay, if I'm going to go all in, right? Like I know I need mother's day out and I know I need, you know, daycare and different stuff, but not everyone feels like they can make that decision. So what, what did that look like for you? Like, did you have that support or did you feel like I've got to prove this or what have you said to women maybe that you've been coaching that say, yes, I, I want that, you know, I would love to put my kid in, in daycare or, you know, or have a babysitter a couple of days a week, but they feel like they can't make that decision. Here's what I tell people. And here's what I experienced myself. Husbands speak in dollars. And so you have to show them the money in order to then gain the support. What I have found in coaching does has hundreds of women throughout 15 years is that if a husband feels, and I you say husband, partner, whatever, you know, um, feels as though there's more money going out than there's money coming in, then they get frustrated as I would with them. <laughs> and so it is the husband speaking dollar amounts. And so do what you can 
to show them you can bring in that money to then make the adjustments with time. And that is that is here. I had a full time job, so we adjusted our budget um, prior to me quitting and doing this. So I had an income, but we had to then make I, I built it to a point to where I was like, OK, I kind of now know what I'm doing. I could dip in and know that I could make a minimum of, for me, I'll just be honest with you, it was health insurance and a car payment because I was in pharma sales and that was covered and my husband was self-employed. So if I could make those two bills within our family, he would have confidence in me then going forward. And so that's what I did. So show them the money, do what you can, put in that effort that you can, um, get yourself into the trainings to be able to, you know, learn the skills that you need to learn in order to then bring in some money so they feel confident in you then making those choices. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think also you have to ask yourself, like, what are those sacrifices that you need to make? Because I made that transition also. And I remember when I made that transition, I looked at, because my husband is very much a numbers person and it was, it was exactly the exact thing that you said was accurate in my circumstance. And I remember he was like, okay, if we're bringing in X amount, you know, we can make this transition happen. And so I had to cut out like house cleaning, you know, I had yes, to clean our house. Thing. I had to I cut that out. Mowing our yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if you look at, if you look at what is going out. And so for me, there were two things that I cut out. I cut out um, I'd had someone that was picking up my kids from school. So I cut that out and um, I cut out our house cleaning. And I said, all right, that's going to make up the difference for, you know, X amount. And so I think sometimes I want, you know, maybe you could speak to this too, Christy, is I think sometimes people look at what is possible inside of network marketing and then they potentially start living a more, you know, upscale, lavish lifestyle or want to have an image of that. And instead of cutting things out, they actually start spending more. And so, you know, one of the things that Becky and I talk to people a lot about is like, do not live above your means. Like you need to start pulling back. If you're at the beginning stages and you're in that, you know, um, tension of, man, I got to work really, really hard, but I also need to pull back on some of my spending. If you're not where you want to be um, with your business what are your thoughts on that? It's just, you know, women who come in and, you know, maybe they're trying to keep up a certain appearance instead of pulling back. Well, and I, I'll address that, but can I say something first? Sure. When you talk about making adjustments, the other thing that God put into my head, you also have to be willing to give up Netflix. You have to be willing to give up um, maybe lunch with your friends as often as maybe you did. Now, this doesn't mean don't enjoy life. But what I do remember was the time I invested. We had at that point, we had a 9 p.m. Monday night call and you could get on and learn the things. I knew nothing of this business. I never missed that call. And so I was willing to give up time things, you know, that maybe were um, fun. But what I found, because I didn't technically have the time, but what I found is when you start enjoying something, all of a sudden it doesn't feel as though you're working because I was getting rewards out of it. So I want to, I wanted to bring that up as well. Cause I think a lot of times we aren't willing to give up scrolling, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to, you're have to repeat went back to money, right? Yeah, just, you know, just having a certain people wanting to have a certain image instead of being frugal with their right. finances. Well, I, 
that, I mean, that is just, it, it's, it's hard because you will see, especially a lot of the trainers within our industry that tout the, you know, the private jet and the Gucci shirt and the, you know, all that stuff, which I'm not judging by any means, because I mean, if you want to do that, you absolutely can. If you get to the point that you can't, your point is when you're not quite there, then trying to portray that image, you just have to keep yourself in check. I mean, you just have to keep yourself in check with it. That's all I, that's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, I think just, I can tell my briefly um, situation. I, when my husband and I were, you know, I guess around 2020, right? Like he quit his job to help me because we needed childcare. And you know how it is in this industry. It's like, I couldn't just like take a year off, you know, and then come back in versus that's what he could do. And so we had made that decision. It was kind of like, oh, you know, our nanny at the time was like, I'm not coming over anymore. She was pregnant with COVID, all the things she was like, I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm out kind of thing. And we understood. So it made it like really hard, but my income, right. Went up and up and up and up. And I look back and I'm like, man, I would be so wealthy if I was <laughs> financially more literate, you know, cause I, I did not come from a wealthy, you know, family. I did not come from, you know, I came from work hard at, for, you know, what you have, you know, it's like money doesn't come from trees kind of thing, you know? And so for me, it was like the money came in and I was like, the money went out. I was so excited, you know? And so I do think there's a piece to, I guess, this conversation in this industry that I really think, you know, top leaders need to evaluate and say, okay, I want obviously the people on my team to thrive financially and make a lot of money, right? Because we know that's, that's going to help us, right? Like if you're in at the top of a company that helps you, the more you help other people. But I think that financial literacy and education is so important because you do hear about people, you know, I think we all watched the, you know, which I'm sure is a lot of you know, whatever to it, but the Lula Rich documentary, you know, like we've right, all watched right. people and I know that's a little dramatized, like, let's be honest, but, course, but still, but yeah. I mean, you know, you hear, there are people out there that they feel like I've got to have this image or I've got to have whatever. And I think you're right. Like at the end of the day, it's on you. You got to keep yourself in check and, you know, new level, new devil, right? Like, it's like the more money you're making, it doesn't mean necessarily that you need to be, you know, buying a new house or doing this, but I would love for you to share. You mentioned before that you were able though, to buy your own home after your um, divorce. And it was like a dream home. So I would love, like, what did that process look like for you knowing that obviously you are still financially you know doing very well and I think just for the woman out there who is like I have this dream of having all the things right like you said there's no judgment everyone has their version sure. of um their dream reality whether it be like living in a van traveling the world you know or or, or eight thousand square foot home right. yeah exactly yeah. right and so I would love to hear a little bit about what that looked like for you and were you really vigilant and intentional because you know there are and even myself like I'm in transition right now I'm literally sitting here in my parents upstairs <laughs> and walking through a divorce and so I just for selfish reasons right like I want to know like what did that 
transition look like for you? And how did you plan for the life that you have now? So one of the things I will say, you know, in, in talking about money is I, I believe that one of the greatest gifts we can do is be vulnerable. I believe that, you know, when we are authentic, you know, this Facebook perfection is, um, is something we can all get caught up in. Um, I try to be very vulnerable. Um, it's probably why Monique is one of the things that like we connected on. I try to be very vulnerable in a positive way. You know, my life hasn't been perfect. Uh, none of ours has. I think that's the message. None of ours has. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I do believe is that we get to go through challenges um, in order to help each other in time or help others that are going through the same challenges. Okay. I believe that is, um, if we can view challenges like that, we sure can get through them a lot easier. They're never hard, easy, but easier to look at them that way. And so I believe, and I'm grateful now that I had a stage of being a single mom. Because now one of the things I can share about this business is not only has this profession allowed me to um, get by when the unfortunate happened and a 23-year-old marriage, you know, um, fell apart. Um, something I ever wanted. I was the first in my family. I fought it like heck. Um, but it happened. And but I was able to not only get by. I have been able to thrive and it has been just that work over time. I mean, I have a really strong work ethic. I was raised by three generations of entrepreneurs. I know that it takes sweat equity. That is, I am, I am, I am not a creative, I'm not a creative person, but I can execute like a crazy person. Okay. Um, so for me, I saved and saved and saved. I went into a rental home and, and I had a goal, a financial goal. I I'll be honest with you. I wanted to pay my house in cash. My word, I didn't do it. Okay. I didn't do it, but that was my goal. And then a house became available that I couldn't pass up. Okay. In an area that I really wanted to be in, et cetera. Um, but, uh, oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Um, ah, oh, we we're talking about word, challenges. Oh, go ahead. The word for that year was security. So everything I ran in through the filter of security, that's why I didn't want a house payment. I wanted, I wanted cash. I didn't, my ex-husband was not responsible with money. And so to me, that was like, that was a love language. Like I needed to know security, like so for me, it was like, I knew if I had what they say to have in savings is six months of this and, you know, all those things. I worked to get to that point so that I felt peace. And that's just Christy's issue. That may not be everybody's issue, but the profession gave me the opportunity to, to thrive as a single mom. And I'm going to tell you something. I have two girls that are of the age that are watching everything that I have done not always with the most compliments because they're the age, <laughs> but, but actually my 21 year old now she, she and, and my 17 year old the other day said, mom, I always tell my friends, I can't believe you, you can do what you do being single because in their mind, when we divorced, all of a sudden we were going to be, you know, broke and not be able to do, 
you know, anything and live on the streets, like in their mind, because Hollywood maybe like made that, you know, a thought in their head (laughs) and they have now been able to watch me. But what I want them to take away is I've worked for it. You have to work for what you want and be smart, you know, and I'm not, I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I don't know if that helps. No, that does. It's that, like that phrase more is caught than taught, you know, and you Uh, totally, you set this standard for, first of all, like how you should be treated, but also what they are now capable of. Right. Because just like you said, their version of maybe, you know, whether they realize it or not, right. Like a single mom are, you know, Oh, we're going to be so poor and we're not gonna be able to do anything. And our life is going to be so hard. And you have said, yeah, it's, it is hard. Right. It is hard. I have to put in that sweat equity, but look what I have been able to do despite having to walk through a really hard circumstance. And I think that just says, so much, first of all, about you, but also now you have broken down barriers that they, right, will not have to worry about because they're going to have the confidence like, well, you know, mom did this. So like, I am, I am able to do this, right? Like when challenges are presented, they're going to say, well, yeah, this is really hard, but they have a role model, right? Of, of what it looks like to overcome, like truly you're an overcomer. And I just admire that so much about you, especially my own, I don't want to get emotional, but my own story and just seeing like what you've been able to do and accomplish is truly incredible. Well, when you go through challenges, which we all will go through, I mean, the number one thing that I'm grateful for, and one of the questions y'all wanted me to to, to prep on was um, my faith journey, which I would love to share because I know you guys foundation. Um, but challenges are, are rough and especially that one, and you can beat yourself up and beat yourself up and beat yourself up and have shame and criticism and, and all of the things that we do and tell yourself negative things about, about the situation and feel horrible for your children and the, the, the path that they're now having to walk and all these things. So you have to find the positives within it. And even if you almost make them up, you know, fake it till we make it. (laughs) And, um, and one of them has been for me to think, I hope that my girls seeing me overcome because they will have challenges will be an example to them one day that they can too. And I mean, I also went through breast cancer seven, six years ago. Um, and they walk, they watch me go through that as well. And, and, you know, I'm hoping one day I'm rewarded by, by like, that's why I went through all that crap. (laughs) You know, that's why, because they needed to have some sort of example. And, and I mean, I haven't been perfect through it, but you know, you have to find those positives. Yeah. So as you're saying that, it makes me think like, first of all, you can do hard things. You know, that phrase, that's something we say in our home you know, you can do hard things. And I think recognizing that we can, like we can go through hard things. God has not promised us that this life is going to be easy, but he has promised us that he would be with us. Like in, in every, you know, everywhere you look, you see that in the Bible, God says, I, you know, I was with Moses. I was with Joshua. I was with Abraham. Like he is, he is with us. He's with you. And the other thing I thought was, you know, Christy, you are someone who has a lot of influence. Like I watch your team, how your team admires you. You just had a birthday. You had like, you know, all these people who were just loving on you and 
um, just say so many wonderful things about you. And as you were sharing about your journey, I was thinking, wow, like it's not just your daughters. You said your daughters, but it's not just your daughters. It's the influence that you have on all of these people who are watching your journey and they're watching you handle it with joy and handle it with grace. And so can you speak to that as well? Like, how have you seen what you've walked through already impact your team? What are the times where maybe with mentorship opportunities or, you know, other people who are walking through things, how have you seen that impact your team? This is honestly one of my favorite questions. I I have chills because um, it's it honestly where I saw it be the most impactful was in 2017 when I went through breast cancer. And um, at that time, you know, your world's falling apart and, you know, um, you aren't, you're very uncertain of the future. Um, and what I did was 100% pour into my faith. And the Lord taught me so much through that process. Um, I have always been very type A, very driven, very much needing a plan, you know, and somebody, um, one of my friends gave me the Jesus Calling book um, right when I got diagnosed. And I'm embarrassed to say I've always been a Christian um, for me, but I had to go find my Bible and it had dust on it. And so I, I, but in that, in that time, that little book helped me to then start that daily journey and to understand how he is always with us through every circumstance. And, and I began sharing the little lessons, honestly, because I needed to. It what I needed the support of the community at that time. And I didn't even know that's what I was doing. And, but through that, then you start getting messages like, thank you so much for sharing that. I really needed to hear that today. And to me, that was the Lord saying, Christy, keep going. Christy, keep sharing. Christy, you know, validation. Um, and it's tough because at times you would think, I don't want to alienate anybody. And that's the first thing I will say. I, I have absolutely zero judgment on anybody's faith. I am so grateful that the Lord is the one who makes that judgment. Not me. <laughs> I don't want Amen. that pressure in life. <laughs> I just want to love on people. But this is my comfort and my, my, um, what gives me peace. Okay. So my beliefs should not, don't have to be anybody else's, but, but when I got that validation to continue sharing is when I realized, okay, I've got a platform and it first came with really shouting, get your mammogram, get your mammogram, get your mammogram. Here I was with a community of women. I sell jewelry. So it's mostly women. Okay get your mammograms, get your mammograms. You know, I get mine. They caught it early. I was able to, you know, it was small, it was early detection, all this kind of stuff. And, and start getting, you know, feedback from that. And then it was faith feedback. And then I began to realize this is my calling. Like I, I am here to help others. I do have a, a platform of being, but it also comes with a responsibility you know, a responsibility of, um, of, you know, showing up, um, being honest, um, you know, there can, 
be spiritual warfare. You start to feel as though when you start to really be verbal, okay, then there's that spiritual warfare and then you get nervous and, and, but, you know, through my, through my breast cancer journey, the scripture that I grabbed onto is Isaiah 41 10, which is fear not for I'm with you. And I mean, I, I would be in radiation. I mean, I mean, it's just repeat, 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 repeat. And it has become my, like, that is my life scripture. So I've never been a big tattoo girl, never had one, but two years ago, I had it tattooed. It's all the way down my spine. I love that. <laughs> because it has become my foundation and the mm -hmm. spine is your foundation. Yeah. Every day I have fear even going through a new marriage, you know, it's like the conditioning and the trauma from the past. Oh my gosh, am I going to screw up again? Oh my gosh, do I want to do this again? Oh my gosh, I can take care of myself. I don't need anybody else. And I have to remember, guess what? He's got all my back. Fear not for I'm with you. Fear mm. not with you. And so, um, you know, I, I, I try to be very vulnerable with people and share, you know, the symbols, the fears, the, the, all of the things, because that's what makes us human and feel like we can connect and not be perfect and, um, and help others through their struggles. So. Oh, so good. I literally had chills like the whole time you were talking. And I think it is just a testimony that first of all, no one's life is perfect. And I love the, you know, concept of you can do hard things. I tell my girls all the way, all the time, you know, that, that exact thing, or sometimes my youngest is really struggled with um, separation anxiety. And she's like, I'm scared. I don't want to do this or that, or I don't want to go over to daddy's or I don't want this. And I'm like, I know, but you know what? You're going to do it scared. Like, it's okay to be scared, but you're going to do it anyway, because God is with you. And I think your story, first of all, is so inspiring to me because I do feel like I can relate to you on so many levels, not cancer, but I've had a lot of health mm -hmm. struggles and um, just obviously a lot of hard things in life. And I think, you know, so many other people are almost, you know, scared to let others know that they are struggling. Even I do think this is a lot really prominent with top leaders. You know, they're like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm struggling because then they may not want to chase after this too. And I think something that is so um, inspiring about you is that you're saying, you know, yeah, there's hard things are going to happen, but you can do hard things and look at the life you can build on the other side. And it's, I love your talk about your faith journey too, because I feel like so many people can probably relate to that. Their Bible is sitting on the shelf. It's got dust on it. They don't know where it is. And there's unfortunately, right? Like some shame comes with that or some guilt, like, well, what's the point now, you know, or, or maybe ugh, I don't, haven't made it a priority. And um, it's just interesting how God longs so desperately to have a relationship with us and the way he goes about doing it sometimes is, in a way that we don't understand at the time. Like I, Monique and I have been doing the Bible recap this year. And this is the first time I've ever read Job the entire way through, right? Like we all know Job's story. We're like, oh, poor Job. Like, you know, but there were moments in it when I was reading some of the scripture where he's like calling God cruel, you know? And I was like thinking, oh my gosh, I thought he was like so righteous and all this. And God, you know, sarcastically is like, hey, you know, were you there when I 
created this thing and like, are, were you there when this, and just, just kind of that realization that we may walk through really hard things, but like, look at what happened to Job on the other side, right? He was restored like 10 times, like what he had previously had when he finally like was broken down. And I feel like right now, right? Like God is in this refining state for me even. And obviously he did that for you. It's like, he wanted to pull us closer in, you know, like draw, pull us back to him so that we can step into the calling he has on our life and fulfill it in a way that maybe we didn't realize before, right? Like you're saying, you're like, I have this platform and look at how I can use it. And um, it's just such a beautiful story. And I'm just feel so blessed that we have, we have connected with you. And I know, obviously, our audience is primarily the kingdom minded mompreneur. And I would love for you to share, what is your definition of the kingdom minded mompreneur? We had a lot of you know, um, we had a lot of discussion around our brand transition. Monique and I were just really like thoughtful and intentional and praying over this name. And when we came up with it, we realized like, this is it, you know, and we like to ask other uh, top leaders and just the women that we've brought on our podcast, what does that mean to you? So I thought about this when you guys, um, you know, asked me and sent me some questions and it was almost like instantaneously what I knew to say. And I wrote it down. It's just letting God guide her. Just giving permission to let God guide you. Like to really be in, in all the ways, whether it's mom, whether it's wife, whether it's, you know, um, CEO of your business, you know, really praying for God's guidance because, and I just got chills myself because it is so much easier to do what he calls us to do than it is to try to make the decisions on our own. Mm, yes. And it's hard to decipher at times, but it's like my prayer for everybody listening and for all of us. And I tell my girls this all the time and I pray for them that for them to hear God's lead. Yeah, whether it's so in, you know, whether it's in, do I call that person and offer them the opportunity? Do I, you know, um, sign up for that vendor event? Do I, um, you know, have this difficult conversation with the team member? Do whatever it is, you know, just letting. And, and the other thing is, is I, I often pray, Lord, you lead my team. During my divorce, Becky, like that was a big prayer for me during my cancer, because I know what's involved in this business. I know what's involved. It's a personal business. It's connection. It's time with people. It's personalization. And honestly, it's what I love the most about it. But when you are going through challenges, you sometimes don't have that emotional energy. And so leaning in on the Lord, Lord, you guide, you guide my team. You guide, and I'll tell you, um, I was told by a mentor, most women that go through a divorce, their business will decrease by 30%. That's real encouraging at the time you need it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I, I don't want that. I can't do that. So you know what I did? I just prayed. I'm like, God, oh. you guide me. You guide, you guide the team. You help that not happen. And so when I think of, you know, kingdom-minded mompreneur, I just think just pray for the Lord to lead you in all the things. 
Oh, I love that. You know, and it also makes me think, I was talking to one of my kids about, um, you know, the God of the Old Testament was like speaking where people could hear. And nowadays, you know, Jesus said, I left the spirit for you to be your guide and to be your mentor. But, you know, we have to be able to hear the spirit. And so I think if, you know, you were talking about previously when your Bible had dust on it versus walking through a hard season and, and really clinging to the Lord, you know, I think it's when we are in the word, when we are listening, when we are getting still enough to hear, then, you know, we're able to allow him to guide, allow him to speak to us, to be able to hear what it is that he is, is telling us. And so I think for that woman who maybe you feel like, you know, you're a believer, but you haven't necessarily surrendered your life to the Lord. You haven't necessarily been in the word that I think just what you said, Christy, I feel like that's encouragement to that woman to say, you know, how can you grow in your faith where you can learn to listen to God? That's so true, Monique, because it's like, okay, you can say these things, but what tool do I use to do that? You know, and I, I would say, you know, you guys asked me what a day in the life of a direct sales, you know, you know, network marketing um, person looks like. And it's it's a whole multitude of things. But one of the things I, I want to say is it's that daily devotional, you know, and it, it'll be this book or that book or this book or that book or this, you know, Instagram, such and such or whatever that I'll I'll do. But inevitably, whatever I tune into or read, it's like, uh, I needed to hear that. And that that's helped me. Yeah. It's helped me daily to be reminded and to move forward. So, yeah, so, so good. So, so good. I know we could sit here and have this conversation all day. day. All day with y'all. I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, this is so good. But for, we want to be respectful of your time. And just, first of all, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I mean, I know this is going to bless so many women who listen to it and it's blessed myself. I know it's blessed Monique and we, we just love the work that you're doing. And I know there are some people out there who are like, oh, I want to connect with her. I want to reach out to her. So let us know how can people find you? And of course, I'll put the, um, a, the link to your profiles in our show notes. Yep. You absolutely follow me. Are, are you wanting my exact, well, you'll put the links, but on Instagram, feel free to message me on Instagram. Feel free to message me in Facebook, you know, feel free to email me, whatever is convenient. I check all sources. I'm not a big TikToker yet. Hope to get there one day, <laughs> but all the other platforms I'm there. All and right. I, well, thank you, Christy, for being with us. Thank you guys so much for the invitation. It's an absolute honor. So best wishes to all of, to you and your work that you're doing. It matters too. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur. If you loved what you heard today, could you stop and give us a five-star rating and review? It helps our visibility on podcasting platforms so others like you can hear more of this message. Also, if this episode encouraged you, we would love for you to pass it along to your own biz bestie and anyone else who could benefit. Lastly, don't forget that if you want to hang out with us just a little bit more, join us inside the Kingdom Minded Mompreneur community. Click the link in the show notes. Bye for now.